You are listening to the Chronically Alive and Thriving Podcast. I'm your host, Christine Irene. Hey, hey, Thrivers. Today's episode is part two of my interview with singer-songwriter Lori Triplett. If you haven't listened to part one yet, head over to listen to that first. Keep listening to hear part two. Now, I know that music has been as hard as it is sometimes to write and create and make your music. I know that it's also been part of your healing process. But what are some other things that helped you out of your, you know, your darkest moments? Well, definitely um, my faith, I would say. I mean, I cannot deny that. God got me through a lot of things and I'm not, you know, I'm in a different place spiritually right now than I was a few years ago. Um, and that's for a number of reasons. And, and I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. You know, I'm, I'm questioning certain things and, um, I'm understanding, you know, more about my intentions behind things. You know, I realized when I first came back to town that going to church for me could really quickly turn into more of a social thing or meeting the right, the right guy or, and I didn't want to go to church for those reasons. And I recognized in myself, that's why I wanted to go. Yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't mean my prayer life stopped, but um, yeah. But anyways, I'm going off on a, a, a bunny trail there, but definitely my faith. And then um, my friends and my family, for sure. I mean, my friends, I have, the most faithful and supportive friends and family that I could ever hope for. They, um, you know, I feel comfortable to talk to them about things. They're always there to listen. They've heard me cry. They're there to support me with my music. I mean, if I didn't have that support system and, and most of them aren't close to me right now, as far as distance wise, you know, most of my close family, they're, they're not even here. So that speaks volumes to, them and and their character because it's not easy to do that from a a distance like that takes intention and that takes work and so um I would have to say thank you for that but I definitely those are those are the things that really got me through just talking to people about it yeah and going back to faith I know that you were like oh I'm going off on a little trail here but I just so many people who are Jesus followers, I know that when they hear people say that, you know, they're in a different place spiritually or they're questioning things within their faith, they get really defensive and angry. And, oh, my gosh, I'm going to pray for you. And I just I think it's such an important thing that we need to be openly more talking about, because I think God wants us to question. Um, I think that is something that's very biblical and that if we're going to have a relationship with him, he doesn't want it to be based on what someone told us to do. Right. He wants it to be this intentional, authentic thing. And it is so important for us to figure out what it is we believe on our own, especially in the world that we live in, instead of just believing what someone told us to, or the church that we go to because of the friends that we have, or because um, it's what someone told you to do, you know? And so I think that is such a taboo thing. That's still some people in any type of faith, you know, uh, can have difficulty having that as a safe conversation. So thank you for even just saying that. Um, I think it's really important and it's 
a journey that I've had to walk through many times in my life. And even just this year, again, with circumstances in our world and in my own heart of having to go, okay, I need to peel some things back and really, (laughs) really dig into this a little bit. But so, you know, one of the things with my podcast, one of the reasons I wanted to do this was to just help people to know that they weren't alone in the struggles that they were going through. Um, but also to learn about how they can tap into what makes them come most alive. So what are some, some things that when you do them or experience them, you are just like, this is it. This is the best. (laughs) Well, I do love a good cheese. Yes. (laughs) Cheese. (laughs) My body doesn't. (laughs) I'd probably be 20 pounds lighter, but same. (laughs) Um, Gosh, what makes me come most alive? Uh, Definitely. We talked about being an aunt uh, earlier. I love being an aunt. It's, I love kids anyways. Um, Don't have my own yet. And just to see, watch them grow up and see them experience and learn new things and learn their letters and songs. I mean, it's just, it's such a joy. And, um, yeah, I, that's one of my favorite things about my life is, is having nieces and nephews. Um, I love being outside. I think nature is, there's so much healing to be found in just taking a walk outside, sitting by a lake or a pond or, you know, just some water, um, just letting the wind blow on your face. Like there's just a calmness and a reset. It's like a reset button for me. Um, and I think another thing, I, I probably just like helping a stranger, um, mm-hmm. and, and not to sound like, you know, you know, we'll pat on the back, but any, any time that I've had the opportunity to do that and to see how that impacts them is like the best gift ever. I mean, it really is. And, and, um, like I can remember one time, uh, I, and this wasn't even a big deal. But, um, I, I paid for somebody's groceries or something like that. Um, and you know, it wasn't a lot and it was an elderly gentleman. I think he was a veteran and I'm always like looking up for elderly because I just think like this, the world has changed so much and, um, there it's can be overwhelming with like technology and all that stuff. And so I'm always like, I just always wonder how they're being treated because I think society just kind of like thinks they're expendable and pushes them to the side. And I hate that about, mm. about like our culture in the U S and even some other places. So I think when I'm able to do things like little things like that, uh, that brings me the most joy, like as much as it does with like music, like writing a good song is like, there's like a high with it. It's like, yes, yeah, okay. I can still do this. Like, I, that's not the last song I ever wrote. So being able to help people like that is just as um, enjoyable to me as, as anything else. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I was naturally born with a servant heart, but mm-hmm. once I understood what that looked like and I started living that out, um, I thought I was doing it to help someone else. Little did I know what I was actually getting in return from it. But um, I too have a heart for, elderly people. And I work in a nursing home one day a week, uh, doing hair and some of them, some of them 
they have a lot of uh, neurological dysfunctions. Mm -hmm. And so they're not always nice or kind or remembering, but, and there are days I come home crying because of the things that they say or do to me. But I also, I love them so much. And I was just telling Carl the other day that I will probably do that until they kick me out because getting the chance to love someone who's lived through so much and to learn from them is so amazing. And there aren't people, people do write them off and it is so, so sad and I cannot comprehend it, but yes, I agree with that um, wholeheartedly. So, um, what encouragement can you leave listeners? If there's someone who there's a dream that they want to chase after, but their cons list far outweighs the pros or someone who feels betrayed, abandoned, um, missing home, family and friends, especially during the holidays and quarantine, like what, what encouragement advice can you give people from a place where you've been before? Yeah. Well, I think, um, yes, I've been in all of those places that everything that you mentioned, I, I have felt at one time or another and some of them even recently. Um, and I think that it's so easy to just want to stay in bed and, you know, just kind of like veg out and not deal with things. And I think it's okay to do that sometimes, but don't stay there. Yeah. That's, I think that's, that's what my advice would be is let yourself really go through your emotions, let yourself process them, whatever that looks like for you. If that's, you know, um, journaling, or if that's talking with a close friend or family member, if that's talking, you know, with a professional about it, just don't close up, um, and internalize things and let yourself go through those emotions. Um, I have felt stuck so many times in my life. I remember talking to an old pastor, uh, just how I felt like everything I did went to crap and I just couldn't, no matter how hard I tried, no matter how nice I was or whatever it was, I just felt like I could never get ahead and um, bad things would just happen no matter what. And I remember he said to me, I, I bet if you, if you look at your life a year later, it's going to look a lot different. Mm. And he was right. I mean, I, I had no idea, no plans to move back here. And now my life is hundred percent different. Um, so I just think that, you know, it, it's easy to be overwhelmed when you look at all the things that it might take to get where you want to be, all the different sacrifices or changes. But if you look at it from a day at a time standpoint, and I know that sounds cliche, but really, if you just do things one day at a time, one step at a time, um, and give yourself some grace in yeah. that that's a big thing. Give yourself grace. Don't be too hard on yourself. I know I, that's a big thing I struggle with. Give yourself grace. Um, there really is a light at the end of the tunnel and there really is um, a, a different and hopefully better life that's there waiting for you. Yeah. Thank you. That's so huge and key to um, having the right tools, but going through those emotions, letting yourself mm-hmm. go through them, giving yourself grace, and then knowing that in time, you will be able to have that perspective to see, oh, wow, okay, that was crucial to get here now. And it, it's okay, I survived it. So yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. I didn't mention, and I wanted to, I wanted to mention that. Um, I think it's easy, like when you felt wronged by people, 
or like betrayed or whatever that situation is like it's a, a human instinct to want to take care of it yourself want to have control over it or retaliate or you know wh- whatever that is like oh I'm going to get you or like oh look at me now kind of, and that's so toxic mm-hmm. I think a big part of my journey has been learning to let go of that outcome and what that process looks like. Cause I've been wronged by a lot of people in my life, even since moving back here. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it sucks when somebody has hurt you. It doesn't matter what that looks like. And it's really easy to hang on to that anger. It's really easy to hang on to, uh, the feeling of, you know, well, I'm going to show you or, you know, and I would just say, let God deal with it. Yeah. It's off you then, and you don't you don't need that weight anyways. So, yeah. yeah, that was. I can say a lot of the same things for myself. That was a huge, um, just certain scenarios in my childhood, growing up, relationships I've been in, bosses I've had, different things obviously had affected me of what I thought was normal to live life and realizing through a lot of hurt, a lot of therapy of what was toxic and what was not. And knowing that when certain people were labeling me or treating me a certain way, knowing that, Hey, there has to be boundaries Mm -hmm. and you need to know when, okay, this is toxic, but then to be able to now acknowledge in myself and be like, wow, I, this is a toxic behavior that I'm treating this person with me wanting like I can remember being a little kid and wanting revenge so bad all the time like it just was like this thing that with my siblings like if they would piss me off I would want to and if they're going to listen to this they'll probably be so mad at me but one of the things that I would do was if I got pissed at them I knew that they were stronger than me and that they could hurt me back (laughs) and they were faster than me they could catch me so without telling them I would go take their toothbrush and clean the toilet with it not with like toilet bowl cleaner but I would still clean the toilet and I would just put it back. And I would never tell, it was enough for me to know. And I remember when I first admitted that I was 17 to like a counselor and seeing their reaction, I was like, Oh crap. Oh crap. (laughs) And really just like that took me years to really sort through and be like, wow, where did this come from? Like, I need to work on this. And (laughs) never coming over to my house. (laughs) I promise I've only done it to my immediate family when I was a child I've I've worked through a lot of that that toxicity but family if you're hearing this I apologize in advance (laughs) I actually when we were dating I fessed up that to him and I told him right away and he was like okay my teeth are a big deal to me that can never be okay or this is not happening But yes, so I think that it is um, huge to be able to just acknowledge what's toxic and how that affects us, because then we put it back into the world if we don't address it. And yes, that's exactly um, to kind of tie it back into what slow poison is and loving yourself so you can love other people better. Like it's absolutely connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So big. Um, so now this is something I wanted to ask you for years and I've just never had the courage, but, um, seriously, I need to know ninja or pirate. (laughs) 
you don't know this about me? I know. I'm sorry. That's why I was a little hesitant. I've never asked because I probably should, but I do not know. <laughs> well, given that I love all things vintage and retro, I've got to go with pirate. Of course. Do you have a favorite pirate? Oh, yeah. Captain Hook. Of course. Good. I was really worried that you were going to go with um, Johnny Depp with Pirates of the Caribbean. I was a little worried there. I was hoping you would say Hook. Um, and the original. Are, are you talking, though, Hook from stories that we read as a kid? Are you talking Peter Pan Disney? Are you talking Hook the movie from when we were tweens? That's a good distinction. So, okay, if I'm being honest, the movie Hook with Robin Williams from, like, 1990-something. 200%, yes. Is one of my all-time favorite movies. I watch it at least 10 times a year. And Dustin Hoffman made the best hook. He was awesome. But I love the Disney classic cartoon story, Captain Hook too. But in my mind, I was picturing Captain Hook from the movie Hook. I agree. That movie will never get old. It is a classic. It will forever be a classic. So. So, Lori, before we end our conversation today, how can listeners connect with you? Where can they find your music? Where can they find you on social? Yeah, so it's pretty easy. I mean, I'm on basically all the major platforms. So Spotify, uh, Apple Music, iTunes. I have a YouTube channel people can subscribe to. um, iHeartRadio, Pandora. So all of those major platforms um, should be able to, to find me on. If for some reason you, you aren't finding me there, you can go to my website, which is lorietriplet.com. And, um, I've got some links on there to, you know, my YouTube channel and, um, all of my events. You can join my mailing list there. Uh, you can get physical copies of my music at my store there. And then, um, a big thing that I am probably the most active on is my Instagram. Um, which is Lori Triplet Music. It's at Lori Triplet Music. Um, I do have a Facebook page. I'm not quite as active on, so I don't really steer people there as much. So if you do want to support me, um, I would say Instagram is huge. Joining my mailing list is huge. Um, following me on Spotify. And um, another big part of, of being an independent artist is getting support from my listeners, which they've always had my back and have mm-hmm. always... Um, been super generous and really willing to hop on board um, just so that I can keep recording and keep, you know, putting out new music. And so if that's something that is on your heart to do at some point, I do have a tab on my website that says contribute and it's super easy. And that just helps me to continue making new music and, um, you know, recording new things. Yeah, I love that. And I love how people always have supported you in helping make things happen. So anyone that listens that feels connected with Lori and any part of her story or just her music when you listen to it, definitely um, don't hesitate to go and contribute to, um, yeah, continuing doing what she's doing. Uh, But Lori, thank you so much for taking time to share with us today. I know that there are definitely going to be people out there that feel encouraged and seen and just being able to hold on to hope. So thank you. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. And Lori, thank you for your vulnerability, honesty, friendship, and for the beautiful music you continue to share with the world. It definitely makes it a brighter place. 
If you haven't listened to Lori's new EP, Slow Poison, or watched the amazing lyric video that goes with it, you definitely want to go look at that. And also, I've mentioned it before, but the Christmas EP, Coming Home Alone, that she put out is on repeat, and it's definitely something you should listen to if you like Christmas music. It can be found on all major platforms as well as her website, lorietriplet.com. That's L-O-R-I-T-R-I-P-L-E-T-T.com. You can also connect with her on Instagram at lorietripletmusic. And if you're not already, connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Chronically Alive and Thriving. Feel free to send us a message. We absolutely love hearing from you. And Thrivers, we know that the holiday season can bring on more stress than usual. Throw in a pandemic and things get really tough. We hope you know that you matter to us and we're rooting for you. You're not alone. Hang in there. Together, we're better and we'll make it through this.